Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host. Glad to have you back this week, uh, coming live from Orange County, California, joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Joe Chung and Mark Osterman. This week, we have a uh, great show for you. We're going to talk about Alaska joining the One World Alliance. We're going to discuss the breaking news that uh, American Express Rat has uh, struck again. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about uh, Joe's email newsletter about corporations not needing defending, rapid fires, and a lot more. If you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing. You can find links to subscribe and support the show at mtmpodcast.com. We support all the podcast platforms, and uh, you can find all the links right there. Stream the latest episodes, mtmpodcast.com. Let's hit it. So, uh, yeah, guys, I'm coming live again uh, from the road, hanging out here in near Disneyland. Oh, time to drink already. Jeez. Yeah, wow. Started early. Started We're starting early. this one really good. And, yeah, really early. And uh, yeah, Disney had some big news today. Their their CEO, which, you know, this is big news. Bob Iger stepped down, uh, or at least stepped down as the CEO, uh, rather abruptly. Joe and I think that there has to be some more to that story. Well, good thing uh, I was but, sitting down, man. Jeez. Wow. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Disney is the biggest entertainment company in the world, so. I mean, the question for you, Mark, all right, you pretend it's, like, irrelevant, but. Yeah, but you people could have asked me, you could have said, I'll give you $10 million if you could tell me the Disney CEO, and I would have been like, well, I guess I just lost $10 million. Right, but the reason why, you don't need to know who it is. The reason why the story matters is if you own any stock index that tracks American companies at all, you own some Disney stock and announcing a CEO. We're talking about, like, res- 2% of an index, though, so I'm not hey, going to too much. Anyway, but it is it is relevant because it is one of the biggest companies in the United States. And, like, this change was supposed to happen next year. And so for it to happen all of a sudden, like right now. Yeah, and this has a big impact on our Disney parks that we love. So maybe lower prices are coming in our future? No, it's a, it's a long story. <laughs> Actually, the guy who's taking over as CEO is, like, the most hated guy in the Disney fan community. So it'll be interesting to see. Sounds like American Airlines. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, he's the Doug Parker of... Uh, of the Disney World, and so see uh, you the, get it, Mark. Look at Disney you making fandom. connections. Yeah, so, yeah, people on uh, people everywhere have been going nuts about this. Although I haven't had time to, to digest the news. Now, the one thing I was really happy about this week was uh, all the other Google Maps lovers came out and told you guys how awesome you mean Google Bing Maps is. Maps, come on, Google slash Bing Maps, you know. And I had forgotten about Lazy Sunday, the Saturday Night Live short with Andy Samberg and Chris Parnell, where they talk about all the different maps programs of the mid aughts. I was gonna I was gonna quote it while we were talking last week, but I thought it would go over your head. So I'm glad to know that you know that reference. Oh man, I where was... where where are all the Apple Maps lovers? <laughs> they got lost. <laughs> no, they're with the Bing Maps lovers. <laughs> they got yeah, lost. La- Lazy Zing. Sunday was great. Did you ever see Lazy Sunday, Mark? No, uh, I did not. Short. That's sort of uh, what kind of launched. No Andy's... six, no twelve, Baker's dozen. Yeah. Come on, man. Something, 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 cousin. I forget the <laughs> Joe word. Joe likes anything that has a song and is comedy. Oh, Lazy yeah, Sunday was great, though. It was like one of the first SNL things that kind of went viral on the internet. I mean, it sort of made YouTube like a thing, like going viral. Like it's in that history. But, you know, this is some great digression here at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, I always remember like Andy on SNL. He's like, yeah, you might see me from three skits and a hundred digital shorts. Because that's like all he did at the end was the videos and, and none of the skits. Well, I think those were all his own projects they, they brought. But yeah, it was, yeah. It was great. And so was Google Maps and satellite views and people love them. So shout out to all of our listeners who enjoy that. True that, Sean. True that. So what have you guys been up to? Nothing. 
<laughs> just watching. Uh, I watching actually got basketball. yeah, watching Michigan State win big game uh, keeps them in uh, the chance uh, to win the Big Ten, so that's big. Next couple weeks I'll be at home, which is nice. Getting caught up on stuff, did a whole bunch of tax stuff, which is always annoying, but fun to add up all my travel expenses to see how much I splurged. Yeah, other than that, not much. How about you, Joe? Yeah, not much. Hoping to travel soon. I know that coronavirus is looking like it's getting more interesting, for lack of a better term. Uh, We have a cruise scheduled in April, so... Cruise ship's like the worst place to be with that stuff. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I mean, we have our trip coming, uh, our big trip to Europe coming up. We were actually supposed to be in Australia now and change that for a variety of reasons. But starting to look at this, uh, the coronavirus and the reality that it could have uh, impacts on upcoming travel and whether it makes sense, especially as a family with children, to be traveling uh, to certain areas. And I don't know, my daughter, the thing that drives me crazy, she just loves to touch everything and then always her hands are in her mouth. Why? You're, you're, put, stop putting your hands in your mouth. In the mouth or in the nose, one or the other. Oh, my God. (laughs) And, you know, but that stuff is difficult for parents, uh, and it's hard to, you know, it's one thing to be able to try to be extra cautious with yourself and wash your hands more and and not touch your eyes and your ears, but it's almost impossible to get a kid not to touch their ears and their eyes and their nose and not to touch everything. So trying to avoid places that are potential, you know, where they could potentially be exposed is something to think about, and I'm not one that tends to get caught up in these sites these types of things, but I have read pretty extensively on it. You know, we talked about this previously on the show, but yeah, it's interesting how this is spreading and how the economy is starting to react to it, how the world is starting to really react to this. Yeah, I don't think this is the last time we are going to be talking about coronavirus on this podcast. One last thing, quick tip, one thing we've been doing because kids touch their faces so much is the moment our kids walk in the door from school, they go straight in the shower. And so that's just one thing we've been doing to try to minimize things. So, you know, just throwing that out there. If you got a uh, young kids out there. For, for some reason, when you were t- starting the story, I envisioned uh, those uh, dog things that they wear so they can't bite themselves. <laughs> what? You know what? Like you put that on your kid. I mean, Mark, touch your face. <laughs> Mark, I think you have a million dollar idea right there. You can retire from Miles' memories almost effective gonna, immediately. How are you going to restrain their arms, though? We've got to figure out how to keep them. Know. Something like that. That's, put them in a bubble, like a bubble with an air pocket or something. I don't know. but Yeah, it's a good thing we're all parents here because otherwise we're going to start getting the hate mail of, you don't know what it's like to be parents. Why are you comparing our kids to dogs? Oh, <laughs> Number one reason I was happy to finally become a parent so I could finally say it out loud how kids are like dogs. All I want and no one could tell me that I didn't know. Exactly. There you go. And uh, and life is good then. And uh, yeah, so I, I did want to talk a little bit about I've stayed at the Hyatt Regency Orange County near Disneyland. I've stayed there before, but had a really good stay there. They have a lot of suites, so they tend to upgrade elites to suites, although their suites are kind of like a nice Hyatt place kind of room. It has like a kind of a standard little room with the beds and then like a little living room kind of in the front. There is a wall in between them, but I'd say it's not, not the greatest room in the world. But they have great breakfast there, great uh, elite recognition and a really good shuttle that runs every half an hour to Disneyland. It's not really within walking distance, but I paid like a little over $90 a night. Sort of like, it's pretty crazy how cheap that is with all the benefits, four o'clock checkout. Yeah, just a hotel. If anybody's in the area, I do recommend it for Disneyland. There's definitely closer ones. I think with Disneyland, you have to kind of decide if you want to be right next to the park where you can walk or if you're going to take a shuttle. But Hyatt Regency, Orange County, it's my third stay there this last year. Definitely would recommend that. So I just wanted to tell people that since... Do you like it better than the Hyatt House? I do. I, I the Hyatt House has but a better. If you location. didn't have globalist status, 
which one do you like better? Well, the Hyatt House, I guess, you know, practicality, it comes with free breakfast uh, for everybody. So I think from a practicality standpoint, I would say that's probably better. It's within walking distance. I think the Hyatt Regency, more if if you want to maybe do other things and not just be at Disney, don't want to kind of be right across the street from Disney or right down the street, uh, it's a good option. And their breakfasts there are really, really great. They have like steak and eggs on the menu. This morning I had a, and again, this is globalist, so it's so it's included, but our breakfast has been $70, $80 every day there, and it's always included. This morning I had the most amazing bagel with locks. You know, I, I get bagel with locks quite often, but I've never seen uh, something with so much salmon on it. Yeah, it's just, just good food, uh, really friendly staff. The rooms could probably use an update, so it's not the fanciest hotel in the world. Sometimes it gets really expensive because of conventions, but if there's not conventions, it's sometimes it's not much, you know, it's around 100 bucks a night. That's a great deal, and generally cheaper than the the Hyatt House or the Hyatt Place that are near Disneyland. So just thought I would throw that out there since I just stayed there, and uh, maybe I will write a review on the site, maybe not, but there's my little mini review. Better ask your managing editor whether you should write a review on that site or not. Hey, Mark hasn't written a review in a while either. I just wrote one. Thank you very much. I'm still waiting on that uh, Park Hyatt DC uh, (laughs) review. That's coming soon to Miles to Memory. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Oh, reviews are the worst. Not the worst to do. We say that because they take a long time. For yeah, the worst to write. Like the least, the worst to write for sure. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, yeah. No, they're also the worst to read, though. Sorry, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I mean, I, people can make their own mind up about that. I just, you know, wanted to say why he said that kind of a, a little inside baseball. And, no, and honestly, reviews are super useful when they're reviewing the property you're thinking about. So, yeah, you know, as you always throw it into the Google and you see what comes out on top. And you know, hopefully, it's Mark's review, but yeah. who knows. Let's see. Let's see. Exactly. Archive DC, baby. All right. And uh, yeah, with that, I think we've been talking a little bit enough about sort of the intro. Let's get to the uh, to the juicy news that just kind of broke today. And that was that American Express strikes again. What's going on, Mark? You know, American Express has been known for the clawback. Um, they've done it with Amex offers and the Saks $50 credit, the Dell credit. They stopped allowing gift cards to work for the airline incidental. And the latest is some people were doing purchases where they'd like purchase an airline ticket and then they would do additional things like adding a seat or a pet fee or whatever. And those would trigger the Amex airline incidental credit. And then like, let's say they cancel the flight down the road because they're not going to take it or that was the plan all along. And it always worked that you got the credit and then you'd get your money back from the airline. So there's no issue with that. You basically cash out the credit for the full amount. Well, American Express is looking back at 2019 and saying, okay, so you got the credit back from the airline, so you shouldn't have gotten the credit from us. So we're going to charge you that fee back. So if it's like $150 or whatever that charge was that you did for, for the seats. And since it's from 2019, you can't really make it up where if you did it in 2020 and they just clawed it back, you could try to do a new uh, purchase or, or, or try a different way on the airline type of thing. So that's the latest and greatest from American Express. What do you guys think about it? You know, I have not personally received any emails yet, but I'm assuming that some of my credits will be clawed back. And honestly, I don't remember which charges I made were legit or not legit. Too legit to quit. Sorry. And so... Hey, hey. Nice. And so um, I am pretty sure we talked about in an episode that we thought that this was coming. And yeah, we, were we talking about this year. Yep. Yeah, we thought it would come for 2020. I'm a little surprised that they're going back to 2019 because, like you said, it's not going to be able to get that value back. So pretty sneaky on Amex Rat's part, but I guess the game goes on and things continue. And, you know, the last few months of this Miles and Points game continue to trend downwards, in my personal opinion. 
What are the odds that people blame us for this, saying that we predicted it and then it happened like they listened to the show? And then they... <laughs> yeah. This show is released on the internet, so I would say pretty good. Yes, the internet uh, is great. And we'll talk about that a little bit later and Teaser. Uh, people's opinions on that. But yeah, it's it's not a surprise here anymore. We've seen for years now them be aggressive with enforcing the terms and the rules. And actually, I guess in many people's opinions, going past what the, the rules and terms allow them to do. You know, if you're going to get an American Express project, follow the rules. If you need a travel credit, find a way to legitimately use it. And hopefully it's just clawbacks and not, you know, shutdowns and further <laughs> issues uh, for people. But uh, yeah, Joe, uh, hopefully you, you come out of this one uh, without any issues. I'm not too worried, and I was sort of expecting this anyway. I should really point out, though, that because I am JetBlue Mosaic, I am booking and canceling flights 24-7. And so back in 2018, when I was first JetBlue Mosaic, like I didn't know that this was like a thing that people did. And I booked a flight, booked the seats or whatever, canceled it, got the credit. And, you know, what am I supposed to do at that point? Like for... This is something that has definitely happened to normal people who have yeah, not sure. tried to gain yeah. American Express. And, you know, what am I supposed to do at that point? Like most people probably don't even notice it on their statements because they don't go through their statements like nerds like us do. And so what are they supposed to do? Go like, uh, yo, Amex, what's up? Actually, I got a credit back from JetBlue. So can you reverse my credit? Like get your IT working right in the first place. That, that's what frustrates me. Like, you know, if I have to pay my credits back, whatever. Okay. Um, I'm making myself look real bad two weeks in a row, by the way. So <laughs> thanks for nothing, Sean. Did you get any hate on your the internet? Only at, to the internet. At, as the Joe flies. Did you get any hate? <laughs> no, I didn't get any hate because um, I'm not, the, the truth of the matter is I'm not a big enough internet personality for anyone to even have an opinion on me at all. So, you know, ignorance or <laughs> apathy is like worse than and, hatred. It's kind of like me and Jess, your wife. Like she has no opinion of me because she doesn't know who I am. Yeah, she's like, oh, so you're That's recording with Sean, and who's that modest, other yeah. guy? Um, but anyway, People you know, know you so, are, Joe. Um, so I think, like, it just sucks that people who have not tried to game things are going to get caught up in this, and American Express should have just had this correct in the first place. Or, like we've been saying for, like, millions of years, just give us travel credit for travel purchases and stop doing this incidental fee mumbo jumbo that makes it so complicated in the first place. So I'm all worked up. Yeah. The they want the breakage. That's why I put it in the article too. And I would rather have it be like $150 just travel credit versus 200. And the same with the Uber. Don't give me $200 spread out over a year. Give me $75 just credit that I can use whenever. Just make it simple for your customers. But that's not what they're going for. They're going for, Hey, we can put this out in the ad that says you're going to get $600 in credits back. But you really probably only get like 150 because most people let them die, you know, don't pay attention or whatever. So we charge you this fee. We made you feel like you're getting value, but you really aren't. So it, it is annoying because uh, like my buddy, he reached out to me a couple weeks ago. He's like, hey, I bought this Delta flight and I got it, it triggered my airline incidental. I don't know why, you know, I paid part of it with uh, with it. I don't know if it was his gift with a gift card or like with a voucher he had left or something. Like I think it was a gift card because I wrote an article about getting uh, mail from Delta saying he hadn't used his gift cards in like four years that I sold to him. So I think it was a gift card, but that triggered the airline incidental and then it wiped it out. So he can't use it anymore. And if they have a problem with that, which I don't think they will, cause he's not going to get the credit back, but 
you know, that's something that's not supposed to trigger. And it did. It's not his fault. He wasn't planning on using it that way. It, it's American uh, Express's fault for not having proper IT or, or whatever. And in the past, when customer service was number one and the customer was always right, you know, I worked in customer service for a lot of years. You kind of just ate it, you know, you, you took it. If it was an error on your end, you say, hey, you got me, you know, but going forward, this is how it is. And for some reason in the banking industry, that's not the case any longer. Even with like frequent flyer programs and stuff, they look at it as, hey, I'm going to get it back from you. I'm going to take it back. Even though it was my fault that this was allowed, I'm going to take it out on you. It's not the way you do customer service, in my opinion. That's a good point. If they determine something now qualifies for the credit, then they're not going to allow future purchases to qualify for the credit. And then if they claw back what, what, what they determined was part of the credit, then you're in a bad position. So hopefully they go back and determine, well, this charge wasn't good enough, so we're going to take that money back. And then they look through your account to see if there's any other charges that qualify. But something tells me they're not going to do that. Yeah, no, <laughs> not at all. You probably could, like, even if you sent them a thing and said, hey, I did pay for a seat here. Can you apply this to that? They'll probably be like, no, sorry, even though they should, because technically that would have triggered it. It's just another good example of how with American Express, a lot of the value has eroded. And what's interesting is for like more savvy folks and not not like necessarily travel hackers, but just people who are sort of into the travel reward space, frequent, you know, business travelers, things like that, who have the platinum card, these sorts of credits, the easy way to redeem them has been a value proposition that's not there anymore. And so the question is, does that hurt American Express? Do people start canceling their cards? Are there enough of us, the people who were kind of maybe buying gift cards, let's say, in the past to get that credit easily, who can't do that anymore? Are there enough of us who are going to cancel that's going to affect American Express? Are they going to continue doing well? And they don't need to make any changes and we're not that important. And so I guess time will tell. The crazy thing is people have been reporting getting 50,000 membership reward um, retention offers when they go to cancel their platinum card. So you're giving out $750 worth of points, but you're going to you're going to call back, you know, 7500, $150 airline incidental credit like if you just made it easier to use, people would keep your card. You don't need to do these huge retention offers. So you're basically like walking over a dollar to pick up a quarter. I don't get it, but that's 100% a left-hand, right-hand situation. Yep. You know, it's a big company. They have yep. no idea what's going on. But, yeah, it's all dumb. All right. <laughs> and uh, good segue into our next uh, topic then. Joe wrote a newsletter. Now, I know you've plugged the newsletter on the show, but I got it this morning and read it and talking about how corporations don't need defending. And this is a great topic to talk about after discussing that American Express uh, clawback. Joe, kind of maybe you can walk us a little bit through your newsletter, tell people how they can subscribe, but you know your take on this and why you feel it's important to talk about. Sure. Uh, you can subscribe at tinyletter.com slash as the Joe flies. There's also info on as the you know, and I post some of them to the blog every once in a while, but mostly I'm just writing to the newsletter now. Anyway, I was not going to write about this, but I started like having like feelings because there was this woman who went to Disney world on princess half marathon Sunday. And she wrote something on Twitter. This woman has 44 followers and she wrote something complaining out loud to Disney World, which I don't like, by the way. I think you should go talk to someone first. And to be fair, I don't know if she did or not. But she complained that they had spent all this money and she felt like her vacation was being ruined because I have experienced this, by the way. She sat in like, I'm assuming, like over an hour of traffic because they shut the roads down for the half marathons. So you can't get to like Magic Kingdom. Anyway, Diz Twitter, which is 
whatever. Don't have time to go into that right now. But <laughs> there are there are people on the internet. This woman has 44 followers. Somehow there was like 40 responses to her tweet, and people were just straight up dragging her. Like in her tweet, she said, oh, I planned this for months. And people were saying tons of stuff like, oh, uh, you planned it for months? Well, then uh, how did you not see that there was a marathon? Blah, blah, blah. Half marathon, excuse me. And so they are just like dragging her for it, just yelling at her basically. And then Ryan S. wrote an article on – Miles to Memories, and he was talking about he how he got shut down by AA, and same thing in the comments, people are like dragging him and being like serves you right, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it just got me thinking, like, yes, okay, people make mistakes. Like, I should not have done what I did with AA or whatever, and I have to live with what happened. But saying like serves you right, and saying like, oh, you should have known better, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, like indirectly, like who are you defending? You're defending these corporations that. You know, their goal is just to make money off of us. And taking American Express, for example, they have made this airline incidental credit like so hard to get and like jumping through hoops. Like, what am I going to buy? Uh, 20 sandwiches on JetBlue to get my $200? Just get, like, a, just get a bottle of Krug. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> nice. Call back, call back. Get some soy sauce on my rice. Like, what am I going to do? Okay, to get these uh, airline incidentals. And so, you know, they make it so difficult because they're making a ton of money off of us. If we try to, like, fight back a little bit, why are people, like, defending the companies in this? Why are the people dumping on the people who try to game it? I'm not assigning moral value to whether you should exploit these loopholes or not. I'm just saying that these corporations don't need defending. They have a whole cadre of lawyers who will defend them if they feel like you've taken too much money from them. So, you know, let's just be nice, nicer to each other online and not defend these corporations because I don't feel like they need it. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Yeah. I mean, the question in, in the miles and points space really becomes, you know, where do you draw the line? It, it sort of surprises me when people on miles to memories will comment, like you said, on Ryan's article, you know, saying, well, any anything that you know, sort of takes advantage of something is terrible and bad. Um, there's many things that we take advantage of that are considered maybe within the rules, but certainly kind of take the rules to their limits. So we're, you know, I think most people who are Miles to Memories readers, Miles to Memories listeners in the Miles and Points game, we, we like to maximize things. We like to make sure we can get our value. We like to make sure that we can kind of squeeze every little bit out of what we can. And that's sort of what we do. Yet on the flip side, it seems like there's a lot of people that uh, get angry with that and feel like they have to defend the corporations. And for me, it's just I, I kind of think back to my entire kind of adult life of pursuing savings and like stacking and tricks and these skills that I've learned. And these really are things that that companies don't always like. And uh, like you said, Joe, they have a tons of power. And at the very least, we should be supporting, I think, our own power to stand up to them when we feel that they've done wrong. I guess we're learning that they have a ton of power and that they'll exert it and that we have little to say. And uh, it really is sort of sad to see how people want to kind of kick each other while they're down. And uh, some of those comments on Ryan's post and, you know, even the Disney stuff, I do kind of take a look at Diz Twitter every once in a while. And it, it's crazy how it just seems like everybody's so divided. We're on one side or the other. Nobody's kind of talking to each other. And in the miles and points space, we really need to uh, figure out ways that we can kind of assert our skills to kind of save money to kind of do this better without breaking the rules. Where's that line? Where are we as a community going to go with that? All I know is that, like you say, attacking each other isn't the right way uh, to do it. 
Yeah, I think everything with this hobby, we we play in the grays, you know. Even if we're following the rules or we're within the guidelines, it's still not in the spirit of what they wanted. You know, if you sign up for a credit card just to get the welcome offer and you know you're not going to use it again, that's not what the bank was intending. You know, they're they're trying to, to get a customer and they want you to be there long term, you know. These banks want you to have one credit card, their credit card, and you use it for everything. You know, that's why they'll give you four points at the grocery store, but one point on your regular spend because they know your regular spend is probably going to be much bigger than grocery store. So if you use that card only for grocery store, that's not what it was intended for. It's not breaking the rules, but it's definitely not what they want. And American Express, for these airline incidentals and all their credit, they set it up that way to make them the most money possible. They give you this opportunity at value, but they set up barricades there so that you struggle to achieve getting it all because the less that you recoup from that, the more that stays in their pocket. These are the games they play, you know. These are the people that, uh, you know, broke the economy with bad loans and and just pumping it up. Companies that gave predatory loans to people uh, that didn't have the income to buy houses and said, hey, don't worry, you can refinance down the road. You know, we'll give you an all-interest loan. You know, the market just goes up and up and up, you know, and they tank the whole economy based off of this type of stuff, which was greed. So these are the people that you're defending. These are the companies you're defending. You know, Wells Fargo opened up bank accounts and people's names without them knowing about it. But we, we shouldn't, you know, play their game. I'm still pissed off about the uh, the Wells Fargo stuff. I mean, just yeah, crazy uh, thing with that company. But I think the whole point is that we are, you know, we the companies are mercilessly fighting to take as much money from us as possible, and we should be fighting back to get what we need from them while saving as much money and in, in, in maximizing our, our side of it. Can I clarify one thing? I know that both in the Disney situation and even Ryan's post, people are not like outright being like defending the corporations or the companies. What I'm saying is that by attacking the individual who either is in a bad situation or even if you think that they did something that was wrong, but like by attacking the individual, you are indirectly supporting the corporation by that. And again, especially when we're talking about the banks and even the airlines, like frequent flyer programs, like what is this? Like it is kind of like false advertising in a way because, you know, you are selling this lifestyle. You know, every frequent flyer commercial always shows people flying in first class, but who actually redeems their miles for first class flights, who is kind of convinced by those commercials, very few people. All right. Or for the banks, same thing. They're selling us this lavish lifestyle, but unless you are a miles to memories listener, you are like wildly in debt because you're paying 18% APR. So like these companies don't need our defending. All right. We don't have to defend the companies that are making money off of the little guy, you know, and that's kind of what, you know, and to be very clear, my newsletter was very rambly, but that's what I was thinking about. And that's what I wrote about. Just like this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I, and exactly. I picked this topic because I thought it was interesting. And, you know, maybe people out there think we're whining uh, about people complaining about stuff that we write. I know that I can write about anything that happens to me. And there's, you know, 50 people that want to go tell, tell me what a horrible person I am and how I deserved it. And that's not what we're doing here. We're really trying to talk about, you know, how we view ourselves in this hobby and how we view the companies. And so we're not whining about people complaining about us. But I think this is a great topic and I enjoyed your newsletter. That's why I picked it. And uh... one final thing I want to say about it is, you know, like I said, this whole this whole game is in the gray. You know, everybody shades their their lines a little bit thicker or thinner. You know, they might stay more towards the white side. They might go a little bit closer to the black. But everybody that plays this game has done something that is questionable or probably not in the spirit of the terms speak for yourself mark 
<laughs> so when you go, you know, judgmental on somebody else or say, you know, like they deserved it or good, you know, I'm glad they got theirs or whatever, like you've done the same thing in other ways. You know, when the first, when the AA stuff first came out, I said somebody was, you know, saying, well, he deserves it. That should have never happened or whatever, even though there was no terms that said you couldn't use mailers or, or transfer mailers. So I said, well, did you ever use, you know, an Amex airline incidental to buy a gift card? Because that's against the terms. And he said, yeah, I did. Well, what's the difference? You know, like, where, where do you draw the line? Like Sean said. So look at yourself before you go and judge other people for their decisions. Some people take it too far for sure. And they go to a place that's wrong. They go to an immoral place. But people also say things are immoral that weren't, you know, just because a company doesn't properly write their terms. That's on them. They have lawyers. They think about this stuff. They did it wrong. So that's their fault not ours. We took advantage of something that they didn't properly vet or they didn't properly lay out. An example is a couple years ago, there was a deal you could sign up for the New York Times and you got an Apple TV. I'm assuming that they meant to say for a year, but shout out to Stu. (laughs) Yeah, it didn't say that. It just said you had to sign up for it. So a lot of people signed up for a month, got their Apple TV and then canceled. That's on them. They should have thought about that. They changed the terms shortly after, but they still sent it out because they knew it was their mistake. And I had a person that <laughs> that commented on all my posts and joined the Facebook group to attack me personally, saying I was a terrible person for taking this, you know, thing from New York Times, you know. I said, well, I had a month to try it out. I didn't find the value in it, so I canceled. If they would have offered me the value for that money, then I would have kept it. I gave it a try. That's what they asked me to do. But yet, you know, people are judging about it. So where do you draw the line? That That's what I say. So think about that. Whenever you make a comment, because you've probably done something similar, you just don't think you did. Just to end things on like a more positive note, you know, I think we talk here all the time about, you know, what we love most is the community. Like the Miles and Points community is the strength, you know, we have made legitimate friends from people we have met on the internet talking about Miles and Points. And the reality is 98% of the community is positive as it always is. And it's just, you know, the 2% that are trying to make things loud. So, you know, all I'm saying is, you know, just try to be nice to people, whether they screwed up or whether they didn't screw up in your mind, just be nice to each other. Our community and the positivity in the community is the strongest part. You know, let's make that 98%, 99%. You know, that's kind of where I'd like to end things. Yeah, there's a way there's a way to still make a comment or make your point and do it with tact that it comes across in a way that you're just trying to, to do a discussion. So I, I encourage that as well. Yeah, let's uh, continue the discussion in the Miles to Memories, uh, Miles and Points Facebook group. And you can find uh, links to that and everything else on the website, mtmpodcast.com. And then let's yeah move on to our next topic. And we teased this last week. Uh, Alaska is joining the One World Alliance along with uh, a more uh, enhanced partnership with American Airlines. I think as of now, you can redeem Alaska miles on American Airlines flights. And you can, if you have an Alaska membership, access Admirals Clubs. And then over time, they're going to be launching, uh, I think American is launching service between Seattle and Bangalore, India, and Seattle and London Heathrow that they'll be co-chairing with Alaska on. And then uh, summer 2021, the big news are you guys excited Alaska Airlines will be finally part of the One World Alliance? I am I guess like I'm excited in the sense that gives another option for One World even though Alaska miles can be kind of tough to earn. I also kind of think that this is something that Alaska needed to do just to 
you know, maybe even stay solvent. I don't know. I don't know AvGeek stuff that much, but, you know, it just seems like kind of like we see in other industries, Alaska could not remain independent forever and they had to team up with someone. And so it's cool that they're teaming up with One World. They already have a lot of good partnerships with like Cathay and Japan Airlines and stuff like that with American. I think it'll be good overall for routes and giving people options. Of course, the big concern is what will that mean for the mileage plan program and especially stuff like being able to fly one way to Hong Kong and Cathay Pacific for 50,000 miles or to Japan and Japan Airlines for 60,000 miles um, in business class. So we'll see how that goes. I'm generally pessimistic about that, but I just also don't think we'll see changes to that in until like a year or two from now. What do you think, Mark? Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't really use Alaska mileage plan that, that often because, you know, Asia isn't something that I've, I travel to it's not in my my future goals like the next few years just because it's it's such a time proposition that I just don't have it like with my family and everything. So the way I look at it is it's kind of a plus for me because if I did need to fly an Alaska flight, now I have more options to book it domestically. That would probably be the only reason I would be flying it right now. So I look at that as a positive for the people that are big into Alaska, you know, earning their miles and their status and everything. I I could see where they come at this as a negative because I think eventually it's going to lead to devaluation of the program, of the ways they earn. You know, they're the last one to allow you to earn it based on mileage flown. So I think that's going to change, you know, and then their partnerships will probably change, adjust some. So I see the negative side. For me personally, it's probably a positive. What do you think, Sean? It's interesting. American Airlines in Alaska were partners for a long time, then they sort of had a breakup. Alaska's been partners with British Airways, Cathay Pacific, and Japan Airlines, who are all huge uh, members of One World. So it sort of makes sense, I think, that they join this alliance when they've already had these partnerships. You know, I think it'll be good in the long term. Like you said, the program will probably get devalued at some point, but that's probably inevitable. Um, I think that one thing people should kind of take into consideration is that summer 2021, when they do join One World, Alaska MVP Gold and MVP Gold 75K members will get access to the lounges and they'll get some of their that reciprocal access. So it makes sense to sign up kind of if you are a One World flyer, you know, look at this program and see if it makes sense to join that to kind of become an elite in that program as opposed to whichever other one you, uh, you are in. And I know for me, you know, I will probably have MVP gold status next year. So uh, I have executive platinum this year with American Airlines. So it's kind of nice to know that I don't have to requalify. So I think time will tell. Alaska has been a good airline and a great program and it's done very well for me over the years, so I'm hoping that this is good news. And like you said, Joe, I hope this helps them survive and compete in the new world, uh, unlike you know some of their partners, uh, RIP Hainan, who are uh, being broken up as we speak. All right, and let's move on to rapid fire. Mark, start us off. Yeah, so uh, interesting, well, more American Express stuff, so I guess it's all about American Express this week. But uh, an interesting data point came up. Um, you know, everybody knows about the Amex pop-up. It's something that comes up to tell you that you are not eligible for the welcome offer when you try to sign up for a card, which is when it first came out, we all were like, oh, great, you know, this will tell us if we've had the card before or if it hasn't been seven years because lifetime to American Express is like seven years. But it, now it's led to a point where they, if they think you've gamed them in the past or whatever, they'll give you the pop-up for like all the cards and I've had it in the past. I, I got past it by spending a lot of money on my Surpass card. But there was a new data point that if you're using a person-to-person referral, like if I referred my wife, sometimes people were getting a pop-up because they were using a referral. Most of the data points were for Delta 
co-branded cards. There was also one for an Amex Gold. So they would get the pop-up because they got a referral from a spouse or friend or family member, something like that. And then they would go use a, a, a regular link that came from somewhere else, hopefully a Miles to Memories link, I should say. <laughs> but um, they'd use like a, a standard link and they wouldn't get the pop-up. So there's like eight, nine, ten data points I've seen on this so far. So I think it's it's more prevalent than I expected even. So if you are applying for American Express cards, specifically Delta cards, but maybe all of them, and you're using a referral from somebody and you get the pop-up, try a different link. You might not get it then. So don't just give up hope like a lot of people have done when they got it from using a referral. So something to think about. So much trickery going on. Hopefully that isn't, uh, you know, going into the, the gray black zone of morality, but... That's a beautiful phrase. Great black zone of morality. Gonna have to save that one for. We're gonna put that episodes. one on t-shirts, baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gray miles to right memories. Next to the gray face on the t-shirt. Oh yes, there we go. All right, and let's move you on. Set to that the one next. up, Sean. That's on you. All right. Yes, I I love my t-shirt with my face on it. I just wish you hadn't cut out all the beautiful tiles. Just, tile just wait till you see Bethany's. <laughs> Moving on. All right. And uh, yeah, more uh, American Express, uh, although a little bit different. So we, we track on Miles to Memories, some of the better deals for Las Vegas, and some of the better deals for staying there have been through American Express, Express Fine Hotels and Resorts and Chase's Luxury Hotel Collection because they offer different benefits at different properties, uh, including food and beverage credit, sometimes free breakfast upgrades, stuff like that. It seems like every year at the beginning of the year, these offerings change. And we noticed, unfortunately, uh, in 2020, through these two programs, there's only a couple of hotels left that are offering food and beverage credits, credits that are anything other than the spa. A lot of hotels offer spa credits, but in Las Vegas, you know, a massage that might cost you $50 at home could cost you $200. So it's not, it doesn't always go sort of a long way, but basically we have an article on the website. You can find what's left, I guess in, on fine hotels and resorts, we have Nomad Las Vegas, Waldorf Astoria and Palazzo, uh, and then, and Chase uh, Luxury Hotels and Resorts Win is the only one that offers a credit and has a $50 food and spa credit. But you can kind of Find out all the details of the program, all the history of that on the website. And, uh, yeah, that post was written up by Bethany Walsh, who uh, is uh, contributing for us again. So it was exciting to have her name back on the website. And uh, she's an expert in those programs. So check that post out. Speaking of reviews, Sean, where's that uh, Where's that Waldorf Las Vegas review? That got canceled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was actually merged Payback. in with the... Uh, cold. That was all that merged in with the... Uh, I did write the, the review of the entire experience there, just not the hotel yeah, review specifically. That was cool. The uh, If you guys haven't seen it, check it out. They have a concert series in Vegas at the Waldorf, which, what, what was it, like 40,000 points, 50,000 points? And you get yeah, two tickets. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, to be to a concert. Full disclosure: Hilton asked me there, and so they hosted me and uh, gave me a free night or two free nights, I guess, at the at the Waldorf, and put us up to go meet the band and kind of so we could see what the experience was that Hilton Honors members would get. And I fully uh, wrote that up, but yeah, I think it was like forty thousand points. It was really cheap for what you got. It was actually I left the experience thinking I would have had no issue paying those points myself. So, like I said, full disclosure, I got it for free, but I really like the experience there, and you can find out my thoughts uh, on the website. Just search uh, Hilton Honors Experiences. Can you believe this guy didn't invite me, Joe? Can you believe that? I believe it. <laughs> I had an amazing meal there that they that, that they that they put yeah, me Yeah, just rub it in. Just rub it in. Yeah, let's things. keep going. Inviting you would have been the gray-black morality zone, so, you know, yes. you can't do that. I would never All right, get can invited I go? back. No. 
Okay. So uh, my rapid fire, you know, we're going three for three American Express again. American Express. Actually, little of you guys know, we, pre- we pretend to be mad at American Express, but this episode has been sponsored by it. So little do you guys know that. They gave anyway. us zero dollars. Hilton Honors and American Express. Sponsoring the Miles Memories podcast since 2020. Anyway, new Centurion Lounge opening in Charlotte. Excited because, of course, I will be visiting my sister-in-law, as always, since we're always down there. So looking forward to checking that out. It's now open. So if you have swung by, let us know what you think of it. Yeah, hopefully uh, there will be a lot less people there now that people will probably cancel cards after the uh, incidental credit thing. (laughs) Always with the silver lining, Mark. Really appreciate that. Yes. Always. All right, and that'll do it for the show. Joe, when people aren't listening to you on this fine podcast, where can they find you during the week? You can listen to me, com for miles and points, disneydecipher.com for Disney stuff, and you can check out my newsletter, tinyletter.com slash flies. Mark? You can email me at mark at milestomemories.com, uh, comment on any of the articles on Miles to Memories, and I'll get back to you there. Or you can join one of our Facebook groups, uh, we have a Disney one, a travel one, a reselling one, and I'm in there all the time. Send all your hate mail to at as the Joe flies, though. I don't want any of that. <laughs> I'm ready for it. <laughs> and you, Sean? Miles to memories.com. Uh, I, know, I know we don't talk about this enough, but we have you know six to eight posts a day on the website covering the latest deals, miles and points content, best ways to maximize credit cards. Uh, we have a great team of writers who puts together amazing content, and uh, I just want to thank all of them because it's so amazing. So miles to memories.com. Check out our stuff. Subscribe to our newsletter. Subscribe to the RSS feed, however you uh, consume content. Do that. And if you enjoy the podcast, please consider subscri- uh, subscribing and supporting us, mtmpodcast.com. There's links to support us if you're applying for, for products, like Mark said. And, of course, you can subscribe there. So uh, until next time, thanks so much for listening, and uh, talk to you later. I have a little bit of tear tear coming down my eye because you, you called my work uh, awesome. Oh, yeah, he wasn't talking that about was an you, that's okay. Oh, he was talking about Ian and Ryan and Bethany and Benji. Well, and... Bethany's back. That's <laughs> Bethany came back. Bethany. Now he makes an announcement. Back. <laughs> Welcome back, Bethany. Man, I was so pissed off about that. How terrible of an pissed organization. Pissed off about what? Oh, my God. Hello? Sean, what would you say? Sean died. He got so mad about Wells Fargo, his microphone exploded, <laughs> and we can't hear him anymore. <laughs> it's like that one time where his microphone just fell apart and rolled across the ground. Yeah, exactly. He probably he punched was... it thinking about Wells Fargo. He was like, I'm so pissed. I don't even know what he's talking about. I'm I'm on the edge of my seat. I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, No. I'm like, what do you mean? Man, I'm still pissed off. Like what, Sean? Ghost. What? He he had to go walk around the building outside. He needs needs to take a smoke break even though he doesn't smoke. Yeah, he's blown (laughs) off some steam. Actually, he just started smoking right now. (laughs) He decided to take up a new habit. Uh, I need to shave. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> what are you guys laughing about dude you said i'm so pissed off and then you disappeared yeah you'll hear it in the outtakes you'll hear it in the outtakes you'll hear it in the outtakes hold on let me stop this close the show out so i can watch lazy sunday come on all right lazy sunday wake up in the late afternoon call parnell just to see what he's doing all right hello <laughs> yo sandberg what's cracking all right now you think of what i'm thinking <laughs>
they're they're gonna get they're gonna get like seven YouTube hit off of this. What, what, of this then there's something about the chronic cut. What? Oh, no, pools of no, Narnia. Yeah, you chronic thinking chronic. what I'm thinking? Narnia. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah. Anyway, all right. And then it goes into the chronic what? Cools of Narnia. Yeah, the chronic what? All right. Well, uh, there's a lot of verse before that, but yes. Hold on. I know the whole thing by heart. All right. Let's close this out real quick. My wife just came back in the room. I'm like, get out. All right. My little brother's friends have been camped out at our place for two days straight. Three. It's because of the Xfinity 10G network. Internet that can handle a house full of screens at once with, like, basically no interruptions. And it's only getting faster. When I was their age, internet like this was a pipe dream. You sound like my grandpa. Please go home. Introducing the next generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. 